You made it. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of Let's Talk About Sets, hosted by Jeff McBride and Harrison Tweed. Jeff, hit it. Stand-up comic joke it up one time. Fun day. This is the podcast, Let's Talk About Sets. It's our inaugural episode. I am Jeff McBride. I'm Harrison Tweed. And in this podcast, we play a comedy bit, a stand-up comedy bit. We dissect it. We stare at the entrails, and we divine its magic. And we're going to do that with our own material, and we're going to do that with material from comedy legends. And typically, we'll have a guest on here as well, though today, it's just Harrison and me. We just want to get to know you guys. Yep. Yeah. And we want you to get to know us. Yeah. We probably won't get to know you because you won't be, you won't say anything to us unless you leave a hilariously mean comment like, oh, Jeff's muscles are too distracting. That's why. Yeah. And, and, for- and about the comments, we probably won't enable them because I just don't have thick enough skin for that. I'm so soft. So yeah. <laughs> this will be, this will be, yeah, I'll end my career. And uh, so, and just, just to give you a little background. So uh, I am a stand up comic and sketch comedian and improv guy in New York, primarily stand up though. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we met through stand up. We should also say that we met at, I think, the Karma Lounge. Yep, yep. We met at a place called Karma Lounge, yeah. which if this has wide enough distribution, none of you will have any clue what that is. Karma Lounge, though, if they listen to comedy podcasts, they'll probably hear it mentioned. I was listening to other podcasts, and they it, it's mentioned a lot because a lot of great comics have done shows there. So it's a, it's a good place to get AIDS, and it's a bad yeah. place to do comedy. Right, so. right, right. Uh, so and a couple of things like I am – so I do all the work uh, for the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Harrison, I don't really know. I don't really know. What do you? I'm just kind of here for you know to. Yep. You know, groom. Yeah. You, you know, I'm just here. I'm yeah. here. I'm gonna talk. I'm and, gonna bring down conversations. Yeah, and I'm I'm not resentful at all of of all no. of, of any of that. Uh, yeah, and um, I'm more Type A, I would say. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. It's, You're, it's frustrating, but uh, <laughs> we just learned that Jeff can't handle if you open your if you eat with your mouth open. Then Jeff has a what's the disorder called? It's called, it's called misophonia. <laughs> yeah, which sounds literally that misophony is like <laughs> in it, so it doesn't sound it does sound like a it's like where an SNL sketch of a yeah, fake disease. It is where uh, certain sounds actually incite the fight or flight response it's not just irritating it's any i can i'm staring at harrison right now he's dying to do it (laughs) (laughs) no i won't do it no we did a lot before we started recording so and he he did get like he's like teeth were grinding it was hilarious harrison is uh type b i would say That's, that's fair to say right i'm type d dude oh type dope no no i mean i'm just dumb (laughs) <laughs> but uh, no, um, yeah, I'm kind of just more char- like this. We we you were record- going to say charismatic. <laughs> I'm just the more studio charismatic. we record. No, I didn't. No, well, you're extremely charismatic. We're recording in Jeff's place, which is like 
doesn't look like a comedian's home. It's like very wet. It looks like you have a maid. I don't think you do. I think you're just really crazy and you clean everything. <laughs> but it's like beautifully laid out. There's art. There's your room is like beautifully organized. And then mine, like there's just weed grindings all over the ground and <laughs> clothes and shirts and reworn underwear. You, you it's know bad. You know what that sounds like? Like in, in uh, old, uh, in medieval times, they didn't have like beds per se. A lot of times they just had plants they put on the ground called thrushes. <laughs> so it sounds like instead of a bed, you just have ancient, old weed grindings, just like just like a bed of pot leaves. That, Wait, this was like the straw beds yeah, that yeah, they yeah. slept called, on? Yeah, called thrushes. Uh, where like Dinklage yeah. gets BJs in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he gets a bed a lot. He's rich. But okay. Yeah, so yeah. so that's, that's our podcast, and, yeah, yeah. and that's kind of who we are. Yeah, should be a good uh, dynamic. And you, you wanted to talk about uh, how I just we wanted met. To- yeah, right. I just wanted to talk about our like why we're we're doing this together, right. and because it's funny because we actually we don't we haven't we uh, until recently when we started doing the podcast together we hadn't seen each other that consistently very long, but we did start really similar times and it's in similar, New York in New York yeah. yeah I the reason I brought up Karma is because that was a kind of it was the Monday nights at eight p.m. It was this it was like a six minute mic which not a lot of mics are. Open mic is so, what he's trying to say. See, one of the things that I've noticed about know, Harrison... They know what an open... If I is, say mic... No, one of the things I've noticed about Harrison is uh, he has his context, and that's the context he assumes the rest of the world operates under. So I'm, I know that not everybody listening to this at some point might even know what the fuck we're talking about when we say a mic. So, or let alone the New York open mic scene. But don't you think they would, get, if they tuned into Let's Talk About Sets, when, you know, like the, the mission statement's right there. I think they'll, but okay, open Michael. <laughs> open Michael's. <laughs> it's a guy named Michael. Yeah, uh, yeah. He lives at Karma Lounge. He's the guy who gives everyone AIDS. It's actually Michael Kane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to be doing five minutes of talk. I can't do it. Yeah, that was great. great. (laughs) Well, have you seen? Well, never mind. I was. I love. No one can follow the trips. uh, Michael Caine impression. So one of the things that like drew us together was just that both of us really love act outs. We both think a lot about how a stand up comedy bit or a set itself is constructed. Well, we want to be ourselves on stage. Yeah, we do. Well, no, we We want to be like the most open bookie comedians, which requires us to be because we're weird. And that's why we do weird act outs. Yes. We want to be ourselves, but then we want to be ourselves as other characters. Yes. uh, As well, as opposed to a persona, which Mm -hmm. a lot of stand up comedy comedians have. Uh, They have a a persona that is not them that always shows up and is what the lens through which all their comedy goes through. Whereas neither Harrison nor I want that because I, I would assume it's a narcissism thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm enough, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think another thing is like um, I, I did a set the other night where I wasn't like a show set where, I mean, I don't think it read as that I wasn't very confident, but I wasn't as confident in my delivery as I usually am. And I was like, oh, this is this hurts me when I'm not confident. Because a lot of comics don't have to be that confident yeah, yeah, to yeah, deliver yeah. or yeah. just come off as confident. Yeah, they can. But I really got to deliver my shit. So, I yeah, mean, same it, here. It really felt same weird here. to me. If I'm backing away from it, it all doesn't work. Oh, um, God, it sucks. So, so, I wanted to also say we, uh, I, I had a couple other tries on this. Uh, and uh, you'll see on the website, there's some bonus content where I did this with a good friend of mine and, and roommate named Sandeep Sen. 
and uh, it, and they're really good. He just he just had he was he's too busy. He's a psychiatrist and a, and a uh, stand up comedian, and he's got a lot going on. Uh, so eventually, I was like, well, I need to find someone who doesn't have anything going on. And uh, <laughs> who delivers eggs Norwegian to people sometimes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and also every time Harrison and I would talk shop, which we love to do, mm-hmm. we both had an in-depth analysis of what was going on when this comedian delivered this material. And a lot of times there was, uh, I, I was surprised cause his demeanor is so stupid that <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. be like, that was incisive and intelligent. And I never would have thought of that. Oh, I got it going on sometimes. Yeah. I was like, where did you read that? <laughs> I just yeah 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 what are yeah you regurgitating <laughs> yeah. uh, if Damon if uh, Matt Damon were here he would he'd blow up my spot though when I'm talking about comedy and I think another thing to to point out is is uh, uh, that uh, Harrison comes off as incredibly nice and sweet and he's so positive and friendly uh, and I have to be careful because. You're I kind of communicate through insults. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean no harm. Yeah. But you kind of can't tell because I also look like a skinhead racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. He's got a shaved head and he's got like a very strong jaw, which highlights his like kind of like uh, goateeish yeah, uh, yeah. patch of right. beauty. And uh, and he's really strong. You look prison I do, inmate I do. Nazi. Like, like, <laughs> like a prison inmate, like white supremacist, yes. also was a sleazy magician. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sleazy magician? Oh, yeah. Wait, who's the magician? Not David Blaine, but he's like the other one that's like high octane weird stunts. You do kind of look like that guy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, know. It's, I don't really give a fuck about yeah, magic. Yeah, me neither. So, so, uh, I'm not Pete Holmes. Uh, <laughs> So I, I, I just feel like it's important to note uh, for anybody who might be listening that uh, I will say all kinds of mean things, yeah. um, but I don't. They're all It's said with love. You just can't tell, and you especially wouldn't be able to tell if you were seeing me do it because oh, I don't look friendly. We've had to stop podcast recordings because I'm like, <laughs> could you not be so mean to me? It makes people not realize that I have. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, <laughs> but I think that's cool. Well, I I really like people that bust balls constantly. Me too. Um, I don't I I don't I don't handle people who don't particularly well because mm-hmm. they'll look at me and they won't realize I'm totally kidding. And then they get a little I have trouble doing it. But I don't. I like seeing it happen or yeah. being the victim of it. <laughs> but I don't like. I for some reason I have a really hard time being mean to someone directly. I can make you a character in a bit that I'm like, oh, I can put like six people into one character and it's like all my rage towards you is coming out in this character that I'm hypothetically talking shit about. But I could never be like, yo, fuck Jeff, eyebrows ass, bitch. I don't even know. See, I don't even know how to fake it. It's really. That was really good. <laughs> eyebrows wow, dude, ass how am I going to come back from that? Yo, eyebrows <laughs> ass, bitch. He has lovely eyebrows. I, I just looking at them because I can't see his mouth right now. So, uh, and. White tooth having piece of shit. <laughs> he has really white tooth. It's really frustrating. So, so then. The, the uh, here's the here's an example of something I did just last night. Yeah. Uh, because what I love, I love seeing people realize that the thing I said I didn't mean, or that it's actually okay that he was just ki- I'm just playing around, I'm just kidding, and it's frustrating to me when people don't un- don't ever realize that because some people never 
They never go, no. oh, he's full of shit. He's yeah, just yeah, playing yeah, around. Yeah. He's being a diesel. This jerk had. Yeah, oh, yeah, golly. Yeah, yeah. They never do that. Where, like, last night I was standing outside waiting to uh, go inside uh, to perform, and another comedian was like, hey, I got to go in and see if I can get on. Can you watch my bike for a minute? And I was like, totally. And he went mm-hmm. inside, and I moved his bike. And just oh, waited, just so like fun. so joyful, like just like trying to pretend like I'm facing away from where his bike was yeah, on yeah. my phone uh, <laughs> and waiting. And I, I waited, I waited for a while and I just was like, just like so excited. And then he comes out and he looks and he's like, what, what, what? And, and then he sees it behind the sign that I hit it. He's like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> Wait, who was this? I, I don't remember. Some, some, really some comic. <laughs> and and, and he, that moment right there it just fills me with such joy because he's relieved and laughing and he gets it and yeah, he's yeah. like you fucking dickhead yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't think i pull pranks on people that often i'm not much into pranks but that one was just sort of like handed to that's me that's not like a prank that's like an antsy prank yeah it's not really a prank because it's it's still totally okay yeah i just tricked him into thinking for half a moment that something bad happened yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah and then the moment he finds out it's actually fine and then i'm just messing with him it's dude he loves it right i think well also i kind of think you just made his day better because yeah. have you ever like you're having like an either neutral or bad day and then you like think you lose your keys and then you find your keys and and then everything is great. <laughs> it's like my life isn't any different. I just don't not have my keys anymore. But now right. I'm like filled with joy that I have <laughs> them now. It's weird. But there are um there are people who, if I did that too, they would be like, Why did you do that? And I don't know <laughs> how to communicate with those people. Yeah. I, yeah. And I get in tr- I get in trouble with them. So I just feel like that's important for people to know. I know you're not trying to be a prick. I am trying to be a prick, but I'm trying to be a harmless prick. You want to be like a, a big Jay Okerson prickish. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I would love to be able to do what Big Jay Okerson does. Big Jay Okerson, yeah. for those who don't know, is a wonderful, very big New York comedian who is brilliant. We at saw him just, at Webster Hall recording his half hour. I didn't get to, I've seen clips of the half hour. I mean, it was, it was super fucking His His show right now. It's a very specific CISO. style of comedy. It, I can tell why it took him a while to pop because he's, it's very, I'm sitting down, I'm just kind of chatting with you. Uh-huh. It's kind of Patrice O'Neill, uh-huh. but Patrice is more, in I your think. Face. Whereas he's, he's yeah. in your face, but it's so chill. Yeah, he's so chill. <laughs> he's just your buddy telling you you like, probably have a tiny cool. dick. He's got like spiky <laughs> hair and he's yeah. like fat, but like he's in this. So, like, he's, he's like, has a, I've noticed this. I saw him because he was on Crashing, which just aired. Have you seen Crashing yet? No. It's Pete Holmes' HBO show with Judd Apatow. Well, um, wait, one of the things we do too is uh, um, Harrison plugs every show but ours. It, it, it's, it's well, how are you going to plug? We're, we're, the plug is done. They're listening if they're listening. Okay, fair point. Harrison yeah. loves to plug shows constantly. Hey, good good comedy is worth watching. I would say. Fair enough. Also, wait, I would like to plug this. If you do like that, no, no, no. I know. Yeah, well, I'm going to try to get that HBO money, baby. Um, no, but uh, I think. It is, I would say Crashing is great because it's supposed to be like comics at uh, like a little bit lower level than us that are just like starting comedy, like the grind. It's like about doing these pair shows for like four European people that like, ha, 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 Oh, ha. God. It's like that is like the first scene is like him doing a pair show. It's it's pair a really people, great. Pair show. See, the grizzly, context oh, that fuck, you the grizzly pair is not the in same. In the West Village. <laughs> 
Yeah. Anyway, it's another I'm sorry venue about that. in New York that uh, we regularly perform at. That's a, a, just a bar with a performance area. Anyway, not even. But I was just. But I, he was on camera for a while, and I was like, Big Shot Okerson. I know he's like a big guy. He's not traditionally good looking. He's kind of like a very good looking guy if you look at his face. He kind of has like these like big doe eyes, but like covered in greasy. It's really weird. He's always kind of got that cool guy thing, but also like I'm just a little baby. You know what we can do? Uh, why don't you write an essay about Big Joe? Uh, we'll link it, uh, <laughs> and then um, people can read about it uh, on their own time. Check so- out Legion of Skanks. <laughs> 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 that is just like a fucking fuck. Yeah. Also, what's your fucking deal? That's his his show on CISO is great. It's just crowd work. It's, oh, it's so great. It's just a crowd work show. And he brings on people and they come up and uh, big name comedians and they come up and they they do crowd work. And everybody cool. who goes to it, I went I went to a taping. Everybody mm. who goes to it knows it's crowd work. They know they're gonna get the, the, get made nice. fun of. Um, it's great. It's really great. Uh, so uh, why do we get along? Why do we get along? Well, yeah. we we kind of touched on it that the the like we both want to do like charismatic weird bits that are i think this is important the context in that too it's almost like if you're traveling in asia and you're white and you meet another white person you're like wow we have so much in common yeah, even yeah. though you may not have anything in well, common. because open mic comedy which in new york in new york specifically and or, bar I don't know, show specifically. comedy in new york in particular I, I think in particular new york is the cult of the writer and they totally they, that's a great way to put many, it many and it's br- brilliant it makes you such a better comedian to perform here uh you're constantly challenged with people who are great at writing yeah. but they don't they're not the performance is dialed back a lot a lot of them i'll talk to them they're like i don't even know how to do that how to do crazy character big be huge on stage do all this crazy stuff they don't know how to do it they wouldn't Maybe they might want to maybe not but they all glom together and they all take turns doing three minutes in front of each other it's all it's like seven jokes in three minutes and it's all this super tight well-written shit and um i can do that occasionally but i tend to build a world and i like to like i like to have have a cartoon happening of some sort that illustrates my point or something like that yeah uh and and harrison is the same way and so it's like it was like we it's almost like we were here we were uh in the middle of this foreign land yeah yeah. and we're like wait and everyone's so introverted and yeah, yeah also i thing. think another thing I, I don't know if this we're also very uh sociable like we're very we're not i mean i have a lot of weird problems at like parties where i don't know anyone but in terms of like making first impressions we're really really nice and like not it's never we don't have awkward exchanges uh, i wish i could say that for me i think you're I th- projecting a little i i, I that's how you came off to me yeah yeah yeah. i can i also again that thing where that that like that biting i'm a i'm a playful puppy dog who wants to bite you and hopes you bite me back kind of thing yeah i guess that's true it it it, 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 it does rub people I the do wrong s- way sometimes that the way i do it no the way i know you're fine everybody's fine with you well <laughs> I, I'm i do the one who can piss people off a bit well, you do the bite thing, and then I do the like licks thing, and I'm just because <laughs> usually people. if I'm meeting you as a comic, I uh, unless it's like eh, like another comic introduces me, and that's the way we're meeting. If it's just like at a show or an open mic, or, like a lot of times I'll meet a comic on a show that I've been told to watch, and then I'll be like, oh my god, my friend, like like Ethan SP told me about uh, Brad Howe like like months ago, and then I did a show with Brad Howe, and I was like, Brad Howe is a very very funny comic. Um, and he does a bunch of weird stuff like we do. He has an entire closing bit where he's like telling the audience how to 
flirt with women and he and he's like there's this trick i have called this wink and smoke or no excuse me the smoke and wink and then he has the dj play hungry eyes and it's this like three minute act out of him getting like settled at a bar and then meeting a girl and then like this very exaggerated it's so weird and bizarre and it's kind of um uh what what's the oh god uh it's it's almost like musical theatery how much his like body is gyrating and and doing all these weird things just to like be sitting at a stool in a bar mm-hmm. and I was just like yeah, Ethan was right I fucking love this dude uh-huh, and then uh-huh, I went up to him uh-huh. right after he's like hey man I'm Harrison I I've heard about you from my friend Ethan SP you are so worth the hype kind of that's mm-hmm. I I like and, and to you're like and you're like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, basically, I and I think people think I'm like <laughs> sucking their dicks, like in a you know trying to get you know you know that there are a lot of phony motherfuckers here, but I I just love comedy, and when people are like very much themselves on stage, much like the reason we like each other, I just it like. I it like warms my heart to see comics do that. Totally, I I get I get that. And I'm sorry that got tangential. Yeah, it's 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 fine. That's the other thing is uh, uh as the point a as the type a host yeah, yeah i'm always like but we have an agenda yeah yeah, oh, yeah that's the thing and, 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 and it's like jeff just chill out bro oh man let's just let's just go on like seven tangents yeah and then someone will bring us back who would it be i know it's so weird <laughs> uh, it is cool though though like i, I think that's works. a good dynamic i think it's i think it's great uh, i love you uh yeah sure um <laughs> say it uh and then and then there, i love you the uh <laughs> Also, um, we're from kind of a similar background. Um, I we're both half Jews. Yeah, we're both uh, half Jews. Um, and I grew I use up that in, as more of a crutch in my material than you, but yes. Yeah, uh, you do. Uh, really, really, really Jew step jokes, on the Jew thing. Uh, well, someone told me this. Do you do you agree with this? And I think you would do the same if you had material about being Jewish. Maybe you do, but I don't. I haven't seen you have that much stuff about. I, I did. I've done it. Mentioned it. Feels super, it. It feels so overdone and hacky in New York. I just don't. Well, but. here's the thing. I someone was bringing this up to me, and she because they were like. I, I might have been like Kalen Palufa. I don't know who it was, but they were like, "You, can, if someone that's like pretty obviously Jewish comes and starts doing it, it feels hacky." But since you don't look like you are, and all your materials how you don't look Jewish, it's it's a little different. Like someone, because I was worried, I was having like one of those like, "Oh shit, am I doing something that like anyone can do?" And then they're like, "No, it's all personal experience." Because all my shit's about like how Hitler would fuck me, kind of, because I look like. Right, because you, yeah, because Hitler would find. Yeah, out of context, my bits are terrible. Yours is bizarre. Yours is is bizarre enough that it is unlike any other Jewish material that I've heard. It's 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 weird enough, and it's not like you know how Jews are. That's how I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And my family is too. Ha ha, Jews are that way. Like, yeah, totally. No. Um, but I also so there's that, and then um, I grew up in Montana, which is like the south of the north and yeah. um and and Harrison grew up in the south of the south like, yeah I grew up <laughs> he grew in, north up in the south <laughs> yeah um and uh so there's a there, there's kind of like a that, that connection there and both of us were like yeah I don't want to do this <laughs> I, I said this before I'll say it again I think I think it's better to grow up in the south south than the north south because uh <laughs> Like we don't have to worry about our feet falling off in like January. We're still <laughs> like the racism is still there. Got called a kike a lot, but 
you know what? Just a flannel in January is fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that that works for me. Yeah. So, the, so there was that connection, that, that definitely like understanding that rural kind of background yeah. um, and leaving it to, to do comedy. And one thing I'll, I liked about you that isn't like me, but one thing, because the first set I saw you do was how you were, you're bisexual. Yeah. And I was like, love it no one's doing fucking comedy about this shit bro dude we got and and it was that that set started to get really good and then i just Jeff likes dick and pussy yeah thank you uh and uh uh and and then his words i started (laughs) that set started to get really good and i was getting laughs all the time Mm -hmm. and but then it's just all i got known as and i I got i got started to get uh, for lack of a better term, pigeonholed. <laughs> and, and I realized I don't want to be known as that. I, I did an audition for a club and he was like, yeah, man, sure did a lot of gay stuff. And I went, ah, for fuck's sake, he's trying to, he's running a business and he wants this to be, have broader appeal. And yeah. here I am kind of grinding the sacks a bit. And I went, okay, uh, I'm going to drop it. And I haven't done that set for probably two years now. Um, I, but I haven't thinking, I've been looking at it again, like, I'm going to bring that back. I could probably do that um, and do it better now than I could two years ago. I'm sure you could. Yeah, it's totally. weird to revisit you. I just revisited I one. I've, I've been going through all my old stuff. But, That's good. Uh, so um, we're about at the same level, too. I think that was an, another thing is we're, we're just like... We do shows. We're both past in New York, but we're like New York comedy club is a, is a yeah. New York. It just sounds we're past at the yeah. city of New York. Yeah. Past means, uh, they let us perform there. Yeah. Occasionally. Basically. Uh, and, um, I never do it though. I uh, need to do it. Cause it's like this late night sign up thing. And, and then, um, uh, Oh, here's who is your biz- biggest influence in terms of stand up. Um, the, the person that made me want to do it was, uh, Louis CK. Um, and who's that? <laughs> she's a great no she uh no he is um he's a great he's just the fucking i mean he's i mean i think right now he's considered, I don't think you need anybody listening to this knows no i'm not i'm not i'm kind of getting more into that why you uh he came out hilarious was out when i was contemplating being a comedian hilarious is is i think it's like fourth big special for hbo or showtime and it's just I, I don't know. There's something um I also felt like there there's something about the way Louis speaks about like like you know, middle class to upper middle class entitlement and like he has this bit about being in an airplane and how you're in a chair in the sky and you're like you like you're like a Greek myth right now is like the it's basically how people are just complaining about airplane travel all the time. Oh, is this the cell phones and airplane bit? Airplane Wi-Fi bit. Okay, let's play it, and then we'll talk about it. You feel that we now, in the 21st century, we take technology for granted? Well, yeah, because now we live in an, in an amazing, amazing world, and it's wasted on the, on the crappiest generation of just spoiled idiots <laughs> that don't care, because this is what people are like now. They got their phone, and they're like, ugh, it won't... Give it a second. <laughs> give, it's going to space. Can you give it a second to get back from space? Is the speed of light true? true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I was on a, I was on an airplane and there was internet, high speed internet on the airplane. That's yes. the newest thing that I know exists. And I'm sitting on the plane and they go, "Open up your laptop. You can go on the internet." And it's fast. And I'm watching YouTube clips. It's I'm in an airplane, and then it breaks down. 
and they apologize. The internet's not working. The guy next to me goes, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how quickly the world owes him something yes. he knew existed only 10 seconds ago. Right. Right. And on planes... Flying is the worst one, because people come back from flights, and they tell you their story. And it's like a horror story. It's They act like their flight was like a cattle car in the 40s in Germany. That's yeah. how bad they make it sound. Right. They're like, it was the worst day of my life. First of all, we didn't board for 20 minutes. And then we get on the plane, and they made us sit there on the runway for 40 minutes. We had to sit there. Oh, really, what happened next? Did you fly through the air incredibly <laughs> like a bird? Did you partake in the miracle of human flight, you non-contributing zero? <laughs> you got to fly? You're flying! It's amazing! <laughs> Everybody on every plane should just constantly be going, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> yes. you're, you're, you're sitting in a chair in the sky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking great. Ah, it's so good. It's so good. So let's do what we want to do on this, uh, what we're going to do on the show. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, um, let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I love this bit so much, and I have a few things to say, but what, what what struck you about this bit, and what does he do in it that you like? I like that he was just, because, I mean, I went, I went to Syracuse. It's a lot of entitled people. It's a very, it's like this kind of like wealthier New Jersey, mm -hmm. Westchester type of people attending. And it was just like, I mean, I mean also just all throughout life, um, you'll see these people, but it's just like people are just, God damn it. I, I feel like, there was a moment because I was on I was on Ritalin from seven to twenty and uh, or to nineteen and so that just doles out your entire personality. So you just you're not excited about anything. You don't talk. You don't eat. It's very frustrating. So when I when I finally stopped taking Ritalin, I kind of had this like awakening of like, oh God, things are amazing. Like <laughs> like everything is crazy. I like. I started like going for walks and being like, I'm like looking around these days. Like, because you weren't so focused on. I wasn't just so focused and miserable. <laughs> and then I, and then I was just like, oh shit. And that's right when iPhones started coming out and smartphones started coming out and just like everything that like absorbs all your focus. And I was just like very like, like I, I had like a flip phone till like, you know, like 2013 or something like that. Or like a shitty phone. And I just saw people just looking at their fucking phones. And my girlfriend was looking at a fucking phone. And it just drove me crazy. But I couldn't be like the 60-year-old man in a 21-year-old's body. And so I just like heard Louis doing this. And I'm like, Louis just saying everything that is in my subconscious about what I hate about society and entitlement. And just... I, he's just like you're like he he's he, hard selling it so perfectly yeah. and he's and he's not, and like every word is perfect word and he's not perfect. offending anyone and yeah. he doesn't make anyone yeah. feel like they are yeah. the villain mm -hmm. and it's just this like beautiful thing and I was just like I just want to fucking do that man I just want to do that and then I realized oh I have no good opinions I am not that yeah, interesting I know. like that that and his his social criticism is so on point yeah and it's so it's something so much to it, you i aspire to that so much yeah. 
uh, he does a few things in this I, I really love. One of the things that in particular, this entire thing is recontextualizing, meaning like, yeah, no, you're right. It, he takes this commonplace thing and puts it in the scope of human affairs. Yeah. He takes yeah. It, he's like, you're on a fuck. I'm on a plane. And yeah. he goes, no, think about this. Yeah, yeah. This is what it really is. And he's and he's right on. And that's an embedded bit. Like your life is different. You look at airports differently when you've listened to this bit. And that's that is, and I, I'm sure I'll say this over and over again. My favorite thing about bits. Oh is that my god! If they're good enough and they ring true, and they cause a shift in your brain to the point where you now think about something in a way you never thought of before, it's with you for life. You will never forget it. Every time you look at a hot pocket, you're like fucking Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, hot yeah. pocket. Yeah, like yeah. You just it's just there, and in a way you appreciate as opposed to a shitty jingle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you're glad. That's so true. Yeah, that's uh, so true. Well, what about you? Who's your biggest? Who are... hold, hold on, I want to I want to talk a couple say a couple more things about. Oh this. yeah, sure. So he recontextualizes. Um, he also I learned a lot from this particular bit myself. Mm. Uh, when because. I heard him on a podcast talking about this with, uh, I think it was Terry Gross. And he said, it, and, and she said, how did you come up with this? He goes, well, he said, well, originally I did this bit and it was me. Yeah, and I saw that I interview. Was, yeah, and I was the one. He goes, but it didn't really work. Yeah, yeah. And he said, but if, so I put it in the mouths of someone else and me reacting to watching somebody else do it. And all of a sudden, everybody started laughing. And I was like, that's cheating. Yeah. And then I realized no one cares. No yeah. one's going to be like, you know, you really cheated on this bit. That's not true. We did it. We fact checked your bit. Yeah. Uh, and, well, Nick and, Swartzen has a bit where he's t where the punchline is feeding his cat diarrhea because he takes him to the vet because he has diarrhea. And then someone's like, you shouldn't do that to your cat, asshole. It's like, like I'm at And then the bit is like, yeah, like I'm at home. Like, eat the diarrhea, kitty. The bit has to be real. <laughs> Eat it, <laughs> and then it's like farting ghost. You, you're over there. Stop it! And it's just, it's, it's just. Yeah, and and it is ridiculous. And I, I, it, that's a, that was a really tough lesson for me, was because I want to tell the truth. I want to, I want to make to. I'm like, there has to be a way. Do you do that with this. your own bits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I do. what's a? Can you give me a good example of a bit? I definitely know uh, where I'm like. I don't want to give it away because I probably want to play it. Just some point. tell me what the premise is. The shotgun bit. Um, oh, the shotgun! Uh, wait, wait, wait! The story? Yeah, and the, and that's fake. No, it's not fake. That story is one hundred percent true. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't feel there, fake. I massaged a couple of pieces of it mm -hmm. uh, in the order of things, and it and because uh, and I eliminated some parts of the story that yeah. made it that make it better. Or like there was another time I have a story about when I have a story about when I. Uh, I, when when I got divorced and I ended up going to Amsterdam and I tried to hire uh, prostitutes because I wanted to try have that life experience. Yeah, I tried to do it and they came in and I sent them away. That's the uh, end. Of, that's the story. It's told, it's told much better than that. It's much more involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, the truth of it was that uh, they they walked in and they were so hideously ugly and smelled so bad that uh, there wasn't even close, and there's nothing in me that wanted to do it. I was just like, oh my God, this is yeah, not yeah. what was on the website. Uh, and so, <laughs> so um, 
but but and also there was a part of me there was there was a second part of me that was mm. that was also like I don't know if I even really want to do this. I'd walked around looking at the red light district windows, those little those weird little aquariums with naked girls in them. You mean <laughs> the the one in Amsterdam? Yeah, right? in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. I'd walked around looking, and I never saw a girl that was hot enough to make me go. I think I can overcome. I'm not the 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 threshold of. I'm not sure I really ever want to have sex with a prostitute. Yeah, but I but part of me wanted to push myself. I've had to be sex like, with a red light prostitute. Well, I, I, I still have not. I paid, but I it's paid miserable. two prostitutes to or leave. I thought I had a time. <laughs> I paid, oh, really? Yeah. So, but but the but the thing I changed. I used to tell it about how they were really un, unattractive. Mm-hmm. And then I, but the, there were, there were two things at play, which was also I'm not sure I even want to do this. Yeah. And it was so much funnier. To just leave out the part that they were unattractive and and just hit on the yeah because part. you could you that could be misinterpreted as like oh well then everyone is a shooting star and beautiful yeah. like people could get a there is a million different ways for a crowd of to, to turn tough, on you it's, t- it's tough to get they could easily turn on me in any part of this bit. yeah 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 and um uh, and judge the shit out of me whatever if I don't present it right but like uh but what I found is that if I if I hit on the I'm not sure I want to do this then I chicken out after I am totally nervous and trying to impress them yeah, 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 <laughs> and then yeah. I chicken out and try to get them to leave and then they get and then what really happened was they got mad and they extorted money from me to, to leave because they were really? screaming and yelling yeah and I had so I paid two prostitutes not to have sex with me how now how much money was it it wasn't bad it was like 50 euros a piece uh, which was not cheap I mean that's like that, at the time it was like 75 bucks a piece yeah yeah so but anyway like I I, I I so I paid for them not to have sex. That's what that's funny to me. Yeah, that is and, hilarious. And and um, but if I if I massage the story and I take out a part of the truth, which is that they were really unattractive. Yeah, it is a way better story. It's more relatable. It's more interesting. Totally. And 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 it and it's sort of like everybody knows. So what you did you act? I'm oh, man. Because I've used what Louis did, but in a different way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I've I've cut um, characters out of a story, combined characters now. Yeah, that's um, combining characters. Yeah, uh, I, I've um, I, I've, sh- I've and now I'm even starting to take a kernel of something where I have a small altercation and then just keep playing it out. Yeah, this, this is really what happened. Then I said this, and then they said that, and then I said this. Yeah. Well, the, you, that's exactly what Hannibal Burris does. He doesn't have those fucking conversations. Yeah, yeah. You know, he might have a couple parts of it, but then the rest of it is him. How can I make myself super smart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a hard lesson to learn, and I learned it from that bit. Uh-huh. And I went, if he can do that, motherfucker. That's what people want. People want something that makes them think they can relate to and laugh. If it's not true, so fucking what? Yeah. It's not a goddamn documentary. Yeah, no. So, so I, I that was a hard lesson to learn, and and I'm still trying to apply it. I still struggle with it, but that bit taught me that. So, uh, I, I would say there's one other thing about this bit that I love, which is um, he uses he 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 slams you with imagery over and over again, uh, like uh, it's like a cattle car in Germany. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, like he, he just he just hits you, and it, it's this. Uh, he's he's really good at hap, just gently, like a, a lesser comedian would go, and they act like they're in a cattle car in Germany. Wait for the laugh. Yeah, but yeah. For yeah. him, he's like, then they act like a cattle car in Germany. The like it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. it's just he slides in lots of. Uh, oh, that he's a he's a, the way what you're describing mm-hmm. that ability to just be conversational mm-hmm. with it. And to not wait, but just like it's going to be like rolling laughs like throughout his entire thing. That is a big thing that like when I'm in a bad place, 
in comedy, sometimes watching Louis will help oh, me get back yeah, and go because I'm too. like, this isn't about setup punchline at all. Mm-hmm. It's about knowing what's funny and talking funny for me, not for everyone, for me. But it's still for him. It's setup punchline. But what he does is he um, hides it. He yeah. intentionally obscures that a joke is at play. Yeah, true. Uh, as opposed to many comedians, great comedians, the form is out in front of you. The, the blueprint is 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 palpable. You can feel it. Set up, set up, punchline, tag. Set up, set up, punchline, tag. Right? Yeah. But he doesn't do that, and I think it. That's the that is he that is the vanguard of comedy right now. Totally. That is that is the the. It, can you hide your joke? Can you slide it in? Can you hide the, the fact that you're even doing stand up comedy? Can you make it seem like you just? It's just a conversation. I just thought about this this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is weird because when you watch Louis perform, it does feel like it's he's just shooting the shit. So uh, all right, let's play <clears throat> another bit, something from Doug Stanhope, who okay, cool. is. A one hundred percent blaze trailblazer. Yeah. This guy is true to the true. Uh, he is. I can I preface? Yeah. I don't know his body of work very well. I just know I've seen him on Louis, and then I've seen him on like the Green Room and stuff like that. And I think brilliant. he's hilarious, but I just don't. Brilliant. I don't know his. He can spits. turn anything on its head. He's even better at it, I think, than than Bill Burr. You know he, what's funny? Huh? I'm sorry. I just I what? I heard. Uh, I think it was with Ira Glass or something. Mike Berbiglia, who's a very like he even talks about. He's like a very white bread comedian, and he was like my favorite comic is Doug Stanhope for good reason. Yeah, yeah. Doug Stanhope is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, incredibly prolific, deeply philosophical, knows his shit, but he comes off. He's just a fuck up. Yeah, yeah, and he, he's a he's a proud fuck up. Yeah, and, yeah, and and he's a drunk, and he's just like he is. I, I have some kind of f- Sam Kennison lifestyleishness, or or young, young Hicks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I he, but he's just like he, he, the more you listen to him, he's a, he's a, yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's a really sad character who's unbelievably brilliant, sees things incredibly clearly, has a very distinct point of view, and even if you don't agree with him, so he's he's so funny, and the, my favorite stuff of his. Is he goes he goes blue better than anyone I've ever heard. It is unreal. So he's talking about how um, he's bored with the configuration of of of. He wishes that 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 there were more holes. Yeah, yeah. To fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> and how, how great it would be if like maybe the answer, maybe all this pollution and radiation, whatever. Maybe that's the answer to keeping relationships alive. Like like to have like a have like. Why, why trying to fuck me in my armpit hole because hey, you, you don't want me to it gets, it gets chafed and whatever. so he, he just finishes that bit yeah, yeah, and then okay. he goes into this okay they try to fix him when they come did you, did you see the two-headed baby they killed last month when they try to cut it apart this is hilarious Do you know what he's I'm so saying? dark he's so dark <laughs> you know what I, there was a two-headed this well, there have been four in the last like year, all in Central America. I don't know what they put in the water, but I'm going down there because. But there were like four in a year, and they try to separate them all. I think one survived. That like you know, one out of four, they're good for, which still keeps you in the majors. But you know. <laughs> but the other ones, I understood why they cut it apart because the the other ones were the regular side by side Siamese twins, and they, we've all seen that. So yeah, sure, lop one of them up, but. 
Right? It's attached at the sternum. Sure, cut him apart. It's a hack oddity. It's like having a bearded lady baby. Okay, we've seen it. Shave it. Go ahead. I don't. <laughs> but this one was a. This one was a special. Does you, anyone know what the fuck I'm talking about? The, it had the second head growing out of the top of the bottom head. It's like a, it's like a, a totem pole. It was like a. a, 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 a Townhouse head babies. <laughs> a condo. And that's unprecedented. Keep that one around, douchebag. You don't try to scissor that one apart. I want to see that one grow. That, yeah, I get the Guinness Book World of Records again to see this one as a full-grown little lady. Right? <laughs> Come on. I mean, they, had to, they had to cut it off. And this is why I understood. Because they had to try to... T- Take the top one off. Well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you can't cut the bottom one off and move the top one down. <laughs> but, but they said they said they had to move. Take, they, they took off the top head because it was uh, it had an underdeveloped brain. It had little formed eyes and lips, but it, it, it had an underdeveloped brain, and you can't do that to the low baby without its consent, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I have friends who work with developmentally disabled people and uh, on their own free will, and, and it's a really ambitious thing. You're going to have a lot of heart to do that, but you can't just stick a kid with a retard that close to it your whole life just trying to go through your day as a... You know, just trying to read your Nancy Drew mysteries, and it's up there going, Mom, I'm trying to read drooling Cheerios on me, Mom. Drooling Cheerios. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, my God. Kid, but it's drooling cheer. But I'm telling you, you know what? This club has some of the hottest waitresses you'll see in any club around here. And just let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. If I was upstairs at the bar and all of these waitresses were sitting along the bar, butt-ass naked, and a full-grown two-headed girl baby walked into the bar for a cocktail, I would turn away from the naked girls and go straight to her like a bug light. Because <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> Fuck you, you... Yeah, oh, I'm sick, fuck. You wouldn't fuck. If a two-headed girl baby came into the bar and you're all alone sitting up there at last call, you're going to tell me you wouldn't at least get a knobber in the toilet? <laughs> Just to tell your friends you've finally had that menage a trois. <laughs> <laughs> they were twins, that's all I'm saying. They were twins. Fucking sisters. Oh, my God. <laughs> The retarded one, then you fucking mouth fucked a low headed baby. You guys, and you'd have to do it in that 69 position with you on top, so that way your balls would muffle the mouth of the rub- rubber headed because you can't come when you're here. Oh, trying to concentrate. A swing set, man, right? So you'd have to have the balls laid over. Oh, oh my god. At least until you jizzed in that. And you certainly couldn't get it in the orth couldn't get it in the orthodox kneeling position, because then rubberhead's looking up at y'all wall-eyed. Hello! Do you like my sister? No! Of course you 
wish I liked your sister. Look down. <laughs> <laughs> I need me. I need a forty-four hole, two-headed baby girl. That's the only way I can come. <laughs> All oh right. my god, that is fucking just Ridiculous. inspiringly it, irreverent. Oh god, I just it, love comedy like that so much. It, it, it makes me. I, do, it I, envy, I envy it too. I envy and, and, and 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 the balls on him, and he yeah. over and over again. It's such graphic imagery too. Mm-hmm. Like he's like mm-hmm. a sixty-nine, but I'm on top, and my balls cover the muffled it's, mouth of the retarded head it's on top. So far, and every time he makes the if audience, you go hard, you got to go as hard as he just did. He makes the audience think that he's lost them and he's not gonna bring them back. He lulls them over. It's like three or four times he just goes. He just he like my favorite moment where he goes, oh come on, you wouldn't, yeah, you know, like yeah. almost like he's begging the audience, come on, you understand me, right? Yeah. When yeah. they clearly are backing away, like yeah. this is awful, yeah, I can't yeah. believe you're talking about this, this is horrible. And then he goes, because then you'd be able to see you finally had that menage a trois, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finally, all the audience is back again, yeah, laughing yeah. against their fucking will. I know, I love that shit so much. Ah, and he's and, very. But him and Patrice O'Neill are kind of do similar things. Yeah, they don't care if he. They, they do not care if you turn against them. Yeah, they, they want you to almost because then they're gonna beat you into laughing. Yeah, like, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's just like you know, he's he's like a thirty year veteran. He's clearly totally. And it, how his he keeps on that thing. He keeps. He's just like I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to drag you down in this dark pit and yeah. you're going to laugh it when it's darkest. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, god, I, I don't I don't That's I, really fucking so That amazing. is a ri- that I I can't imagine. I, you know what? I love um one thing I love about comedy albums is that it forces you to think about what the audiences look look like when they oh. The thing that I love about the bit we're going to pl- the next bit we're going to play which is a Dane cl- uh Dane Cook clip from Harmful of Swallowed is that and it was just happening there. It also happens on a lot of Brian Regan albums. It's like this laughter that sounds like it's contorting their whole body. <laughs> like uh, like audiences are making like doing like Picasso painting style. Because it's just, you know when you're laughing so hard and it hurts. Like your physic And you can hear that. And a lot of, like, it, I think it's two kind of things make people do that kind of laughter. Um it's it's things like that where it's like, oh, my God, I'm just feeding you this shit you don't want to laugh on. Mm-hmm, and it's just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. and the fact that it's against your will is just turning you inside out. And you're like, it's like demons are being released from your body because you're like, <laughs> I finally get to laugh at and then, and then so that can happen with super like, hard. I'm like imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think uh, another thing that makes people do that is. Uh, is intense uh, caricaturization of people in like the uh, the reason I loved act outs is cause the reason I think you would agree with this when an act out is hitting perfectly, it the laugh is Im- unfollowable. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, it, the yes. only thing that followed it would be that kind of bit. Right. Like. It's so, and and I love listening to an audience through an like an audio book or or uh, you know a comedy album. 
I just love thinking about what they're doing. And if people are on the floor, if someone just walked out and did a lap, because people, I've seen that at shows and I just love, I love looking at a comedy club and I like that in albums, I just, it's all in my imagination. What everyone looks like, what, what the stage is set like is, is it just like a bunch of hammered people? Is it like, were they kind of like, well, we're going to enjoy this comedy. And then they turned into monsters from watching this fucking shit. I just, I love that. That's, and that's why I love your pick so much. And that's why I picked the next one <laughs> and, we're going to play. And I want to say too, I love, that's, that's great. Uh, I want to say too, his, it, this, this sort of proves a point to me, which is, um, and not, it doesn't work for everybody. Cause there's some people who have like, and by this, I mean, con- more conservative people, they yeah. have a line where they're like, that topic's not funny. You can't do that. And then super liberal people have the same thing where they're yes. like, they're like that, that. Here's the line that can't be funny. There's no way that can be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about this is this whole group of people who clearly, of course, it's not OK to talk about what he's about to talk about. Mm-hmm. He brings it up, yeah. lets them react and he's like, no, we're talking about this. You have to know this. He yeah. ignores their distaste. Yes. And then he hits them with townhouse baby, totem pole. And, oh, my and, God. Those were such good analogies. Right. For, <laughs> because the analogies are so perfect. Mm-hmm. They cause the totem imagery pole. to just just smack you. You're just like you're picturing it. You're like, oh, my yeah. God, it is a totem pole. Oh, my God, it is a townhouse. Like, And, and because – it hits so hard that they're they're like, okay, all right, I guess we're talking about yeah. this now. And then they will allow him to continue. And then he keeps making it worse and worse and worse. And every time he makes it worse, he follows it up with something that's either a scenario or an analogy or a punchline that is so funny that yeah. they're like, God damn it, we're back in this again. <laughs> I was just judging you and now I'm laughing I again. I we I oh God, irreverence is is just like beauty <laughs> because it's the only it's that's the thing i love people like seinfeld and he has like he has that thing where like comedy is justice because you, like it's undeniable and it's funny that seinfeld says that because seinfeld <laughs> is so not like anyone yeah. can watch seinfeld i think he's i think he's genius I and so. i love him so much but he has that th- like it's funny that he's the one that says that because i feel like the irreverent comics like Carlin, Carlin has a bit where he just says the N word. He calls Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy the N word as a punchline in Carnegie Hall, and it is. I laugh really hard when he, out of context, though. Yeah, fucking horrifying. Right, right. right but just right. the way because the thing is like the N word is like it's just a word. Mm-hmm. It's a context, context, and he's just like he's like, why do we not care when Richard Pryor says it about himself or other people, or Eddie Murphy says it about himself or other people. Because they're N-word. And then it's just like this thunderous applause. I just, there's something about it. It's just like, it's I don't know. That irreverence and that ability to, it just, it just it's constantly challenging um, uh, your worldview. And and I, I think that too <coughs> is why, um, you know, liberal comedy kind of dominates because liberal people like, like their, like their context and their, and their worldview challenge. They enjoy it. it. It's like, oh, wow. I never thought about it like that. Now I'll try to think about it that way. Cause I'm so liberal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, have you noticed that a lot of conservative, like, like conservative comics, like it reaffirms in- their, their worldview typically. Well, I think I feel two things. I feel like uh conservative comics tend to not state political messages on stage unless it's so over the top 
that a liberal audience won't even know if they're being serious. Um, Myers is super fucking funny. James Myers, super funny. He has like a bit where he's like, of course Trump would would beat Hillary. And then it's just like, he's like a fucking superstar. And then she looks like, I, I forget his tags. And I mean- he, I mean, he's he's a conservative comic, God, but he's James fun. Is great. He's, he's such a good. He's he's so good. Uh, such a troll too. He's so yeah. Funny. yeah he's just troll. troll, troll. And then so, it'll be once once in a while. Like a lot of times, I'll be like, I, I don't agree with that, but that is yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes I'll just be like, that's that's money. That's cash money. That's just the funniest thing I've ever. Heard. Yeah, he's kind of got a Stanhopiness to him, actually. So uh, um, BK Lounge, right? Yeah, yeah. BK Lounge. Okay, can I? Yeah, yeah. I love Dane Cook for the reason I feel like Dane Cook everything we feel about this joke writery thing and we're like I'm so frustrated I just want to do my weird act outs and silly voices and like have fun up there I feel like Dane Cook absorbed I want to be the- clear I wish I had the ability to sit down and just write a oh no no and it's not, it's not that we don't really appreciate it it's that there's like that seems to be what everyone's focused so on being here yeah. and we we know that our strength is in something different than that i right. i feel very intimidated right. by most I, of the I, I ri- written I driven yeah. written driven comics um but what i love about dane cook is a he has that like he paints pictures great but also dude he fucking i mean all the dane train hate that what like that was happening when i guess i was in high school or college and i guess you were you were further you are you had already retired Um, but uh like he really i think we owe him something because a he popularized comedy with young people again Mm -hmm. which it needed drastically at that time and also he took he absorbed all the voice weird x-factor shit that we are less we don't get chastised for doing act outs anymore they just don't play as like they don't play in open mics yeah, yeah yeah But he, like, people like, fuck him. He doesn't have punchlines. The punchline is him tearing down the beads. Just, like, know that he is being funny to people that are not looking at the joke writer aspect of it. So, and also a big thing about him that I love is because Bill Burr, in terms of his comedy, and Patrice O'Neill, in terms of his irreverence in comedy, are two of my, like, biggest heroes. And they came up with him at the same time and vouched for him that like there's there's billion clips of like Bill Burr being like fucking Dane Cook like he would crush he would crush and these people these headliners would be like I can't follow that there's no jokes and he's and it's just like him ranting about how Dane Cook never got what he deserves like he is the preeminent comics comic saying this so it just I feel like Dane Cook had, could have been Jim Carrey had he come out in like maybe the eighties or a re Jim Carrey now I just think he really absorbed a lot of like blows that a lot of silly people have like kind of backlash for now but he took it all like he hit it all and i don't i mean i can't speak on any of the personal shit um, about him as a dude or if he stole jokes but i i just i think this album is incredible and i think there's a reason why like this album got to msg and i loved i love this album yeah it's a fucking great album so many crappy the first job I had right the first job when I was uh, 17 uh, was Burger King that was the first job that I had right I didn't want to call it Burger King either cause like you know so I used to call it the BK Lounge if the girls were like where do you work I was like I work down at the BK Lounge I'm a bouncer at the BK Lounge can we get in not without coops <laughs> not without coops baby 
So I get the job because I have one older brother, my brother Daryl. He's the manager, and I'm like, this is going to be awesome because my bro manager hooked me up. He was a dick. He thought he was the Burger King. You know what I'm saying? He sucked. He would put me on drive-thru every single night. Why to this day do people insist on yelling at the drive-thru? It's modern technology. I'd have my little headset. Hi, welcome to Burger King. May I please take your order? Warburger! <laughs> Sir, welcome to Warburger! Excuse me. I'm fucking bleeding from the ears here, okay? Let's turn the main down a tad, okay, Skid Row? Lunch fry, motherfucker! I can't hear you, Burger King! Are you ready to rock, BK Brother? I would rather have had people yell it was when people didn't talk loud enough. That drove me crazy. <laughs> I'd have like 10 cars out there and I'd be like, hi ma'am, may I please take your order? Extra cheese pickles. What do you want? What do you want? seeds, no butt seeds. What do you want? But no 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 no. Yes, no, cheese. Extra pickles. Ma'am, I can't. Hello? Pickle, extra pickles. Cheese, but seeds, ice. And pickles, all my pickles. And some extra pickly pickles. Cheese pickles. Okay, are you trying to molest me via drive-thru? What are you saying? Chicken tenders. Sweet sour sauce on my pussy. <laughs> Drive around, get some sauce. Drive around, ma'am. Sauce, sauce, sauce. She wants it her way. That's our motto. It's, come on, sauce. I took, a, I took a lady's order one time. I'll never forget this. I go like this. I go, ma'am, that'll be 375. Please drive around. And there's like this long pause. And then she goes, where do I go? Where do you go? You follow the one fucking road you're on to me. Where do you... Okay, ma'am, you're going to go to the Texaco station, take a right, go five and a half miles southeast, you're going to see a guy in a yellow poncho. His name is Hank. He'll take you to the Whopper layer. That's where you go. And you've got ten minutes to get there, or we take your food. I... That's just like the silliest, weirdest fucking. He just said pickly pickles with cheese in a weird, low voice. Like 20 seconds. But did you hear you heard what I said about what, Did you listen for the audience there? Yeah. The shriekingness just, yeah, right. of it? Yeah. They're just, it's they can't. It's so cool. I, I love that. I love that he had that effect. He kind of has like a black comic thing going I'll on. To be honest. He, yeah. There's a part of me that feels bad about liking Dane Cook still. Do you know what I, I mean? never I see. I never. I yeah, was I, never. I was allowed to like Dane Cook because yeah. I was thirteen. Right. Like I was. Right. To, it was totally fine. I loved it at the time. Yeah. And I had friends who were uh, really into comedy as well, uh, and I would play it for them, and they were just like, "I don't, I don't see why you like this." And I was like, "It's fucking great. He's yeah, so. Yeah. It's such a performance. It's so incredible. Like it's so different." And they were, and they, and they just said, 
and and those same people, like I'm one guy, a friend in particular, I'm thinking about. He loves Woody Allen, and I feel like I think that uh, Woody Allen is a very classic setup punchline guy. He is like mm. I don't really know his stand up. I well, thought he did storytelling. Yeah, a bit, that's a, a that's bit, why I thought Gervais called. Berbiglia, the next Woody Allen. I thought that's what he was referring to. The story. I guess it's wrapped in story, but it's. But still... maybe he meant the filmmaking aspect. And and I think um, and my fr- and I get what they mean about there's no quote, there's no joke, or there's no punchline. Uh, but it, but it's not that. It's just that it's not apparent. It's built in. Um, it, it, well, how would you describe? Let's. I, I'd love to. You. You told me he did a Louis joke. He did like a chewed up, hilarious Louis joke right after the like pickly pickles with the thing. It's like, where do you go? The only fucking road you're on. Right. If you heard the, the only road you're fucking on. Uh, yeah, yeah. How is this hard? Like, if you you could, it's really funny. I think yeah. actually. Louis does a lot of the things Dane used to do. It's not as obvious because he's not this like boisterous, like good looking guy in like a V neck. But in, since he's bald, but he is just kind of talking and there's no real punchline. The, there is, though. There's always a joke underneath. And the same going, I, is going here, is going on here. Let me, Dane let me Cook explain. did let me explain. the joke and then did, and then did a, a scene. Right. That's what it's like. The joke is this. Here's the scene that illustrates this. Right. What I mean That's is, a joke. what I mean, yeah. But what what I mean is, um, the, the, as there's always a joke that's going underneath it. It's not just an observation. I worked at Burger King, um, and I couldn't call it Burger King because I was so embarrassed to work at Burger King. Um, so he also I was confidently it, doing all this, huh? I feel like the, the one of the ways he's that isn't fun. If like, if you just like kind of, huh. Uh, used to, used college, to call it the BK Lounge. Yeah, right. Not very funny. He was like, I wanted to make it cool, so I called it the BK Lounge. Right. Like, he's really surfing on the crowd the whole time. If you listen to the whole show, the whole album starts with him just like, give it up for the comics, give it up for people that are fun. It's like, he starts writing this weird, like, he's like, I'm weird as a mission statement in his first thing he says on stage. And so the entire album comes off that. I think that's a thing that's specific to charismatic comics is like, well, we got to get them hooked early. The expectation or is, is the expectation that he shatters. I think with this is uh, he is that, is that Burger King is a shitty place to work and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't reflect well on you as a cool person. And then yeah. he dresses it up. Yeah. Right. And uh, unapologetically dresses it up. Well, he's just like the best salesman of a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he. I mean, no one's done more with less than he did. In, no, no, no. I mean that in terms of like what his writing is. Like, if you just showed a transcript of a killer album of Dane Cook and been like, "Here you go, Mark Normand," or someone like like a comic that's like very writerly and like just like a brilliant writer, they'd be like, "Oh, this uh isn't very good." But Dane Cook had like this natural X factor to him. I think TJ Miller has it right now. I think there's just like a lot of comics that have this thing where they can just be weird and goofy and they and that's why we watch them. It's uh you're you're watching them cuz they're funny, not because their jokes are funny. They are funny. You need to be able to watch a com- like a comic that like But the incongru- but okay, but I want to go back to this. It's not just that. The incongruity between I actually don't 
meaning uh, they don't go these two things don't go together of trying I to i didn't know that word <laughs> it sounded just as obvious as it was <laughs> the, the 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 incongruity between um uh working the lowest level job and dressing it up like it's 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 this exclusive place few people can get into that's fu- that's a joke that's funny in and of itself is is heightening the contrast between uh this low level position and the way that i'm presenting it so i think that uh there's a the i i do still think there's a joke underneath here it's not just it's not just that he's being silly it's that uh he he's He's re he's repackaging Burger King, yeah, as this glamorous really thing. Really cool, and we know it's super cool. You don't even understand how great it is uh-huh. when we all know it's not. Yeah, and and I don't think that's just that's it's not. Ju- and yes, he sells it. He's a great bit. You know salesman. what? He, but that's it's kind of multi layered because it's not like the bit is like no Burger King is cool. It's like I used to make it sound pretty cool, right? And this is how, right? Is, I mean, that's fucking. And he's still the underdog though, because he's still working at Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like there was a, um, I think it was like a Joe Rogan quote mm-hmm. about that, like Dane Cook. Uh, it was like Dane Cook, like, I mean, he did comedy for like young girls, and then there was another comic that said something about him, like his comedy was manipulating women, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> you should really watch his half hour. He pours water on himself and does an impression of an alien. Yeah, I've if seen you it. do it's that great. at a fucking bar, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, just gonna be like you wouldn't be like get the fuck away from me, yeah. you lunatic. I don't I, know. I'll, one other thing about I um, just love Dane. I, I I like Dane a lot, and um, one of the things that really I think he does, and a number of other comedians do, that I I've been trying to uh, get myself to do is he hits his consonants so hard. Mm-hmm. Is he hits them? Don't and suck me up my by chest. Yep. It's like very enunciated. Uh huh. And he's he's I'm bleeding from the ears. Turn the main down a tad, Skid Row. Like this, he chooses very specific. You know who it's words. like? Brian Regan. You know, get a coffee, get a coffee at the place where I get it. I love it. It's very, it's very sound. You, yeah. if you, if you listen to them back to back, you're like, oh, huh. and the, they and, are kind of similar. Yeah, they're really I similar. I can see that. And Brian Ring is just goofier and yeah, like Brian looks Ring like is, a dad, so yeah. like people don't hate him. He's Dane just, Cook had gelled hair. Mm-hmm. Right. You're done. He wasn't enough You're of an done underdog. In terms I mean, that's of the, the thing. He wasn't nerds. enough. He was too cool. He wasn't enough of an underdog. He was like, dude, he have you heard the stories about he like fucks Hollywood? Like he's like one of those dudes that like no one think that's funny. That you could just in you're not even in your prime and you're still fucking Rihanna. There's nothing funny about that as a person. That just sounds like a great life. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, like, he's always just been cool. Yeah. He's just been a cool guy. He dated all these beautiful actresses. There's nothing. Once he blew up, it was just, like, I mean, and it kind of had to be. It's, like, it's just kind of over. Eddie Murphy blew up as hard as him but remained funny because Eddie Murphy's fucking, like, he had a fucking hard life. And it's, like, he's still a black man in America that has to deal with a bunch of – so he always kept his funny. I think Dan Cook lost it for a little bit because he got too big. Yeah, and he was trying to put out too much too too soon, I think. And he was he- doing an impression of Dan Cook. <laughs> <laughs> we, I was talking to a comedian about it. Vicious Circle is an impression of Harmful of Swallowed. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like oh, you're, you're going for it, yeah. but you're just yeah. not as yeah. authentically like who you want to be. Yeah, and I, I think um, a couple other things about this, this bit it, it, that he does – um, uh, that I that I like. Um, 
uh, anytime you can take a common saying and repurpose it for something else, oh, it's just Wait, which money. One? Which one are you referring to? She wants it her way. She wants it her way. Yeah, she yeah. She wants it great. her way. And, and all of a sudden, it generates new meaning. You put these two things together. Uh, this woman molesting him in a drive-thru. Give her this thing. <laughs> are you trying to molest me via drive-thru? Yeah. That's a funny turn of phrase just in itself. It's great. And, yeah. and the way that any time you can take that phrase yeah. uh like 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 my silly stupid mcdonald's bit where i'm cackling like an old i'm cackling like the mcdonald's yeah. witch and then I, <laughs> i'm loving it and then yeah. i like and i'm still in the the that even if the even if that my sometimes i blow that bit really bad like i really screw it up well it's if you're not confident it's it's weird yeah it's or, always feels weird to the audience and mm-hmm. i felt this as a comic and as an audience so it's like in an act out, but yeah. I didn't go into it with much heart. Or <laughs> like, I'll go into it with a lot of energy, but not a lot of joy. Uh, like, I'll, oh, that's even worse because uh-huh. then it's like you're attacking. I'm them pushing with the act so out. aggressive; it's so much. So, uh, but so even if I blow the whole bit, that line will always still get a laugh because I've repackaged that thing they know so well and set it in a completely different context and now it means a little something else now it means this evil witch is loving the thing she's doing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so i think um that every time i see that i'm just i i it's just a common technique it works so well yeah. and, and it doesn't matter if i know about it i even if i see it coming i'm just like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally um and also the imagery like i love how then he he completely changes he uses the as he uses a counterpoint he says where do i go you go to the texaco station you uh yeah, you go yeah. to the whopper layer there's a guy in a poncho like he, he all of a yeah. sudden it's this completely other world where t- to go get your food yeah, yeah based yeah. off of this one one woman's dumb comment yeah, and he uses what's it called when it's um it's like he's just like reference points he's like it's like that guy is in a poncho the like interesting use of clothing and then it's just like layer weird word to use because it said like cave Uh you know uh what i mean like uh you just see he has that really good this is another thing that's like regan it's like that those synonyms Mm -hmm. he just like plugs in it's like it's almost like his comedy is like thesaurus and then it's just like finding these really funny you know what i mean and that's something i don't think dane cook got enough credit for yeah it's so tight yeah every word every yeah, moment he, all know. of it was so just pinpoint laser accuracy yeah yeah i don't think he got enough credit for that no i i don't think so either i think he's one of the tightest comment like yeah it's weird you know what's funny too we talked about this oh man we get to reheat this conversation like kevin hart Oh, is doing yeah. exactly what Dane Cook did. Mm-hmm. There are all the things that people criticize. I know we we had this conversation like literally two it. years ago, but I just thought it was such a Dane Kevin Hart does something that Dane Cook did in his prime that Dane Kevin Hart doesn't really get. Kevin Hart gets shit like for just like being in everything, but he doesn't get shit for being like people are like fuck Kevin Hart that talentless piece of shit. Dane Cook got that in his like heyday, which is a weird talentless. Okay. Um, but uh, Kevin Hart does all the things and doesn't get shit on for that Dane Cook used to do and get heavily shat on. So, like the thing, like repeating your setup until it's ingrained in the in the audience's mind. Like Dane Cook would do that thing. He's like, we would do a B and E, and I was telling you this. We would do a B and E. We got a car. We were gonna do the B and E, and it's just like this. And he does it for like a long ass time. 
Kevin Hart does that too, but he does it and it's like, it's like, this is what my Uncle Richard Jr. says. I'm going to tell you right now what he says. Don't make me laugh. Don't make, me laugh. don't make me laugh. Yeah, it keeps yeah. Like, don't make me laugh. And it's just like, and he just does that for like, it's like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It will be like this. This is what he does. I'm going to tell you what he does. What you said to it's me stuff like that. two years ago when we had this conversation, which by the way was the reason I asked you to is do that this the old podcast. that the hustle, right? Is the reason I asked you to do this? That podcast? conversation? Mm-hmm. Is because- We're high-fiving. <laughs> was because, slow, was because you made me think about Dane Cook in a new way because you said um, That's all he I'm basically to do does black comedy. Yeah. He's a white guy doing black comedy because yeah. he's like, yo, it's like this. He would crush in black rooms. Uh, it's Five like spot, this, isn't it? And people are like, it is like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even if it isn't like that, he's so confident with it and over the top. I know. And uh, I actually do, can, you know how I'm like, the, the, the conf, I'm a confident, when I'm at my best, I'm doing it confidently, right? And I'm like, hey, hey, smiley idiot. Um, I actually do way better in black rooms than I do anywhere else or, 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 or like a lit club. Because I am so confident, and in black circuit comedy, confidence is fucking number one. Like, you better fucking fly this plane. Don't be a passenger. Like, don't be a little bitch up here. Right. You got, and that's like, (laughs) when I'm at my best, that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So it feels real good. I don't know. I just, I love black, white comics. (laughs) Crystal Lee's first album or special is called that. Black, white, uh, no, um, white man, black comic or something like that, which is really perfect. So I think that's about it. We've gone. Dude, uh, this has been awesome. Way longer than we meant yeah, to yeah. go. And as always, a big special thanks to Salt and Pepper for not suing us and the major conglomerates who own all of them for not Set. suing us either for all of our incredibly Set. fair use. Let's talk about Set. Set. Let's talk about Set.